Hello. Welcome to the Legends of King Arthur and his Knights. Chapter 13. The Challenge of Dolorous Guard. Lancelot of the Lake was pleased. Although he still didn't know, he was Lancelot of the Lake, son of King Ban of Benwick. He had gone out looking for adventure, and now he had surely found it. As he rode towards the castle known as Dolorous Guard, he asked the young woman about its evil ways and how he could conquer it. Before she had time to answer, though, he saw it. It was truly magnificent. Surrounded by high walls, it was big enough to contain houses and many people lived there. It was almost a small town. The lady spoke. Every knight-errant who has tried to enter has either been killed or taken prisoner. There are two huge walls which encircle the castle, one inside the other. Each wall has a gate, and at each gate the knight who tries to enter must fight ten knights. But the knights don't fight fair. As soon as one is tired and doesn't want to fight any more, then another is called to take his place. This goes on until the knight-errant is killed. No knight is strong enough to beat them all. Above the second gate is a mounted knight made entirely from copper. When the first ten knights are defeated, he will fall to the ground, and some of the evil enchantments of the castle will be removed. They will not be entirely removed, though, until the conqueror has killed the lord of the castle, or spent forty knights there without leaving. Only then will everyone be free of the curse. Lancelot rode up to the castle and demanded to be let in. A guard shouted down that he'd regret it if he tried, but Lancelot was not to be deterred. The guard agreed, but told him to hurry up, because it would soon be night. Lancelot rode a little way away from the gate, so there'd be enough room to fight the knights, and he waited. He didn't have to wait long. A hunting horn sounded, and a fully armoured knight rode from the gate and prepared to joust with the new knight. Lancelot dispatched him quickly, running him through with his lance. He dismounted, ready to fight hand to hand, but was a bit put out when he saw the knight was already dead. He didn't have long to wait, though, as the second knight was already riding towards him. This time, Lancelot knocked him from his horse, breaking his arm. He wrenched the helmet from the stricken knight and forced him to yield and be his prisoner. The third knight fought with Lancelot and realised he was losing, so he called for the fourth, who took his place. Lancelot was fighting the fourth and also chasing the third, who had regained some of his strength, when the fifth was called. He quickly finished off the third and fourth knights, and then made short work of the fifth. By now, it was growing dark. There would be no more fighting. The defeated knights who were still alive were forced to follow Lancelot and the young woman as their prisoners. When they got to the lodging, Lancelot was in for a surprise. The young lady was not really a lady whose knight had been killed. She was one of the attendants of the Lady of the Lake. When they walked into the room, she motioned towards three shields. Each shield was white. One had a single red band across it, one had two, and the final one had three. These shields are magical. Ride out tomorrow with your own shield, but when you feel weak, call for the shield with a single red band. You will have your own strength and power, and also that of one more knight. When you feel your strength drain, then call for the one with two bands. That will give you the strength and power of two more knights. When you want to be completely awesome, call for the shield with three red bands, and you will have the strength and power of three more knights. Lancelot nodded doubtfully. The shields were magnificent, but he'd done pretty well without them. I've already defeated five knights and I'm not badly hurt. I probably won't need the shields, he said. You will need them. When a new day dawns, everything is reset. 
You will have to face ten knights at each gate. You must take the shields and you must win. If you do, you will find out your name and that of your father. Lancelot was a bit put out that he'd have to start again, but excited to discover he'd soon know who he was. He went to bed and had a good sleep. That night, the people of the town and of the castle prayed he would succeed. Everybody wanted to be free of the evil enchantment. The next day, Lancelot arrived at the castle again. He looked up at the giant copper knight and waited for action. There was a short delay while he was forced to return the knights he had captured the day before. Then he was allowed to take on the challenge again. Before too long, the first knight rode from the castle gate. He was soon knocked from his horse, wounded in the arm. Having seen the first one fall, the second knight was already on his way. Lancelot regained his lance and the two charged at each other. Neither fell and Lancelot rode quickly after the first knight who was trying to escape back to the castle. He swung his sword and cut the knight's arm off. Lancelot wondered why the knight didn't try to defend himself. He shouted the question to the second knight. Those are the rules, said the knight. Only one of us is allowed to strike you at any time unless you give permission for more to fight. You can all fight me at the same time if you like, scoffed Lancelot. I'll beat you anyway. With that, he cleaved the head of the first knight and knocked the second knight to the floor. He wrenched off the knight's helmet and asked him to be, to be his prisoner. The knight was too injured to respond. Lancelot, realising he was going to have to stop being sorry about killing his opponents, sliced through his brains. Two down, the third on the way. Lancelot got his breath back. The next few knights had spotted what was going on and didn't play fair. They rode down, injured Lancelot if they could, and then called for the next one and rode back up to the castle for a rest. Lancelot called for the shield with one red band. As soon as he put it on, he felt fresh and strong again. Still they attacked, and Lancelot weakened again and called for the shield with two red bands. This gave him new resolve, and he whirled into action. Pretty soon, two more knights were dead, and three might as well have been. There were only three left. They gave themselves up without a fight. The attendant of the Lady of the Lake gave Lancelot the shield with three red bands. When the new knight complained he didn't really need it, as he was doing fine without it, she told him to take it anyway. She wanted the second batch of knights dispatched quickly and gloriously. The gate opened and Lancelot went through. Beyond the gate, in front of the second one, were ten more knights. The conqueror of the first ten looked up above the gate at the giant copper knight. As he did so, just as predicted, the copper knight fell from his perch and crashed to the ground. Unfortunately for the knights guarding the gate, the copper knight fell on one of them, crushing him to death. Lancelot, seeing an advantage to be taken, immediately charged the rest of them, hitting one so hard that he fell dead instantly. The other eight knights turned and fled. Lancelot caught the black back three and forced them to yield as his prisoners, but the rest tried to escape back through the gate. Lancelot followed them, trying to finish the job. When he got through the gate, though, he was stopped by the cheering townspeople. They have given you the gate. You don't need to fight any more. They unlocked the gate and opened it. It was a bit rusty and let out a piercing shriek as it opened. Lancelot stepped through. You are free, he shouted. One stepped up to him. Not yet, he said. First you need to fight and defeat the lord of the castle. Unfortunately, he has run away. I saw him galloping off a few minutes ago. 
Lancelot was very distressed by this information, but then remembered he could also end the wicked enchantment by staying in the castle for forty nights without leaving. Feeling little better, he was led into a graveyard enclosed between two walls. It was a gloomy and strange place, and appeared to contain the remains of those who had tried and failed to take Dolorous Guard. On some of the battlements were heads in helmets, and beneath the heads were stones, saying, Here lies so-and-so, and here is his head. Some of the stones had no heads above them. On these stones were the words, Here will lie so-and-so. In the middle of the cemetery was a single slab of metal, bejewelled and inlaid with gold. On it, in large gold letters, was written, This slab will never be raised by the hand or efforts of any man, except the man who will capture this dolorous castle, and the name of that man is written underneath here. The lord of the castle had tried, so that he could find out who would take his castle. He had failed. Lancelot looked at the slab. He decided it would probably take four normal men to lift it, and was pretty sure he wouldn't be able to. He took hold of the larger end and strained every muscle to lift it. He found, though, that not every muscle was needed. The slab lifted easily, the smaller end still resting on the ground. When he had lifted the larger end a metre above his head, the lettering was clear. Written on the other side of the slab were the following words. Here will lie Lancelot of the Lake, the son of King Ban of Benwick. Lancelot lowered the slab. At last he knew who he was. Peace and contentment in his heart, Lancelot was led through a beautiful hall to a room where he lay down to rest. Later he was fed a great feast. Dolorous guards had been captured, and the people breathed a collective sigh of relief. Now all they had to do was make sure that this brave knight stayed under the castle roof for forty days and forty nights. News was brought to King Arthur that Dolorous Guard had been captured. The king, mightily impressed, wanted to see for himself and meet the man who had achieved the impossible quest. He wondered who on earth it could be that had been capable of this amazing feat. Ten of the knights of the round table set out for the castle. Leading them, of course, was Sir Gawain. Also in the party were Sir Tor and Sir Uwain. The party arrived at the castle. The people of the castle were delighted to see them, as they thought, at last, King Arthur and his men would be powerful enough to help them rid the castle of the curse. They would be powerful enough to force the knight who had saved them to stay under the castle roof. Lancelot, though, had given orders that nobody should be allowed to enter. The people decided they would ensure King Arthur remained interested in their plight, so they crept to the strange graveyard, wrote on some of the tombs, and put helmets on the battlements. Sir Gawain was allowed into the cemetery. When he saw the writing, King Arthur's nephew was horrified. Many of the names were names of missing knights of the round table. The watchman told Sir Gawain that one of the graves was that of the conqueror of the castle. Gawain was horrified and saddened about the death of this hero, and sent a messenger to give the news to his king and queen. Arthur was shocked. The king and queen set off immediately for Dolorous Guard. The people sat back, satisfied. They had tricked King Arthur into remaining interested in the fate of Dolorous Guard and his people. Sir Gawain and the other knights, though, were not so happy. They were tricked again. One of the lord of Dolorous Guard's men, called a Vavasaur, asked Gawain why he was looking so sad. He told them of his sadness at the death of the brave knight. 
The Vavasaur said it wasn't safe for them to be lodging nearby, and he would put them up in a very safe castle. He was as good as his word. The ten knights were taken to a very safe castle indeed, perched on a high rock. Unfortunately, they were then thrown in prison. Already in the prison were the missing knights of the round table. Sir Gawain thought hard. He was delighted the knights were alive, but highly annoyed that they were all locked up. He pondered how to regain their freedom. Meanwhile, King Arthur and Guinevere had arrived at Dolorous Guard. They were let in after four days, and Lancelot glimpsed his queen again. He was in full armour with his helmet on, and so nobody recognised him. He stared at Guinevere longingly, before retreating back into his rooms, and then riding out of the accursed castle. He commanded the attendant of the Lady of the Lake to stay, until he returned. The king and queen were taken to the cemetery. What they saw there froze their hearts. Written on one of the gravestones were the words, Here lies Sir Gawain, nephew of King Arthur, and here is his head. Next to this was a similar tombstone, bearing the same words about Sir Uwain. All ten of the knights had gravestones. The king's party retreated to their lodgings in silence. Lancelot rode on. Soon he came across a very well-dressed knight, attended by a number of others. The saviour of Dolorous Guard thought he recognised the leading knight, and he rode in to attack. So valiant and violent was Lancelot that the knights fled. Lancelot pounced on the leader and battered him, eventually strangling him. Then, realising he probably needed the knight alive, he stopped. The knight flopped to the floor. Lancelot wrenched off the knight's helmet and hoped he wasn't dead. After a few minutes, the knight began to come round. Lancelot breathed a sigh of relief. "'You are my prisoner,' said Lancelot. "'You will tell me how I can free Sir Gawain and the other knights of the round table, and I will let you go free.' The other knight smiled. "'I agree, as long as you don't take me to Dolorous Guard.' Lancelot nodded. He knew he was swapping the freedom of Sir Gawain and the others for the final ridding of the enchantment on Dolorous Guard. The prisoner was none other than Brandon of the Isles, the Lord of Dolorous Guard. If Lancelot let him go, then he couldn't kill him and end the curse. He would have to go back to the cursed castle and stay for another forty days and nights. Lancelot took him to a local hermitage and commanded the hermit to keep watch. Brandon was made to swear a solemn oath that he would not escape. Brandon sent for his seneschal. Then... Under his command, Sir Gawain, Sir Uwain, Sir Tor, and twenty others were released from the prison and handed over to Lancelot as his prisoners. Lancelot let Brandon go and then released the twenty-three knights. They wondered who this brave knight was who had obtained their freedom. The people of the castle were worried. Their plans had backfired a bit now that their saviour had obtained the freedom of King Arthur's knights by letting Brandon go. They had to get him back to Dolorous Guard and make him stay for forty nights, otherwise the rest of the evil enchantments of the castle would not be lifted and they would all remain miserable. Lancelot, though, was not likely to be of any help to them soon. As he was riding through a forest, he came upon another knight. The knight asked him who he was and who he served. "'I will not tell you my name,' said Lancelot, "'but I serve King Arthur.' "'Then you are an idiot,' replied the knight." Earlier this year, a wounded knight arrived at that foolish court. He asked that the weapons sticking out of his body be removed, and the knight who removed them must swear to kill any man who said they loved the knight who inflicted those wounds. "'Are you one of those men?' inquired Lancelot. 
If so, I give you one chance to say you love the wounded knight more than the man who inflicted the wounds. I will not, replied the knight, and raised his lance. He was a brave and skilled knight, and the battle was fierce. Lancelot eventually knocked him from his horse, but he was also thrown from his. He drew his sword and prepared for more fighting, but the knight was already dead. Lancelot, adrenaline failing, then realised he was badly injured. His squires prepared a litter for him and carried him off to a place of safety where he could be treated. Back at Dolorous Guard, Sir Gawain had put two and two together. He realised that the knight who had obtained their freedom was the same knight as had conquered the cursed castle. He also had an inkling it was the same knight who had recently been knighted by King Arthur and then aided the Lady of Nohort. After seeking his king's permission, Sir Gawain rode off to find the knight. He didn't find him. Feeling dissatisfied and a bit annoyed with himself, he rode off to join King Arthur, who was about to fight in a tournament with some of his knights against the knights of the king from over the borders. Gawain joined in the fighting and fought as well and as hard as any of the other knights fought that day. The bravest fighter, though, was a strange knight who turned up on the day. Gawain thought he recognised him, but kept quiet. King Arthur and his men won the battle, but the strange knight was badly wounded. He was sent to a comfortable lodging and a good doctor sent with him. The doctor reported the wounds were very bad, but the knight would live. He commanded nobody disturb the knight until the following day. Gawain disobeyed and went to see the knight. He told the knight who he was, but the wounded man refused to speak to him. Gawain vowed to come back the next day and find out the truth. He did go back the next day as planned, but the wounded knight had been too sneaky for him. He had ordered that he be taken, along with the doctor, to another secret place. He was taken to the castle of the Lady of Nohort. Sir Gawain was very frustrated. He was sure that this knight was the saviour of Dolorous Guard and his recently knighted friend. Soon he heard that a wounded knight was being cared for in the castle of the Lady of Nohort. He travelled to the castle, accompanied by a lady. When they arrived, the doctor informed the wounded knight that Sir Gawain was there. He refused to see King Arthur's nephew, but he agreed to see the lady. When she saw the knight, she knew it was Lancelot, but he warned her not to reveal his identity. When she emerged from the room, Gawain looked at her expectantly. Well, he said, I cannot tell you yet who the knight is, but I can take you to where you can discover his name. I swear that I will help you find out his name. Gawain, frustration nearly boiling over, nodded sharply. The lady took him back to Dolorous Guard. He was taken to the cemetery by the attendant of the Lady of the Lake, who had been left there by Lancelot. Gawain frowned. He had been there before, but he had not learned anything about the conqueror of the castle. Why would it be different this time? The lady pointed to the stones. On that stone, until very recently, were the words, Here lies Sir Gawain, the nephew of King Arthur, and there is his head. Now, the name of the conquering knight is written under that large slab of metal, there. Sir Gawain tried to lift the slab, and of course, couldn't. By now he was hopping mad and very tired of wild goose chases. The lady asked to be taken to the knight. Only then, she said, would Gawain find out who he was. He took her, and the other lady, to the castle of the Lady of Nohort. But, of course, the wounded knight had gone. He had gone back to the hermitage where he had previously imprisoned Brandon. Gawain and the ladies wandered back to Dolorous Guard, 
the nephew of King Arthur, fuming at his lack of success. When Lancelot was well enough, he left the hermitage. The people of Dolorous Guard tried one last time to get him to back to the castle to lift the enchantments. A squire caught up with him and told him that Queen Guinevere was a prisoner in the castle and he must go there at once. They told him she had been imprisoned because King Arthur had let the knight who conquered the castle go before he had completed the lifting of the curse. Lancelot, of course, rode to Dolorous Guard immediately. When Lancelot arrived at the castle, he was led to the hall. Underneath the hall was a chamber with only one entrance. The door was opened and the squire led him in. He gave Lancelot some candles and let him enter the room. When he did so, the door was closed behind him. Lancelot, saviour of Dolorous Guard, was now imprisoned there. He was left there until morning, when he was visited by an elderly lady. She peered in through a window and said to poor Lancelot, "'You cannot come out unless you agree terms. "'You have not fully released us from the curse. "'Unless you do, the evil customs of this place will continue, "'and the people will remain sad. "'You have let Brandon go, so you cannot release us by killing him. "'Every time we try to keep you here for forty days, "'you ride off long before time and get yourself wounded. "'We don't believe you will ever stay here long enough. "'There is a third way, but it is very dangerous.' You must swear on holy relics you will stay here for forty nights, or do it the hard way, or you'll remain imprisoned in this room for ever. I will not do anything until you free the Queen, answered Lancelot firmly. The Queen's not here. That was just a trick to try and get you back. Now, swear on these relics, or rot in there for ever. Lancelot nodded. He realised he had no choice, and that he really should be finishing the job anyway. He wasn't prepared to hang around for forty days, so he asked what the third way was. Sir, said the lady, if you don't want to stay for forty nights, then you must fetch the keys of the enchantment. Feeling somewhat nervous, but realising that his impatience was going to outweigh his fear, Lancelot agreed. He armed himself fully, and then was led through the strange graveyard to a chapel. The people showed him an entrance to an underground vault, and told him the keys to the enchantment were inside. Lancelot prayed and held his shield in front of his face. Trusting in his abilities, he entered the vault. In front of him was a large metal door. Lancelot advanced and opened the door. From within the room beyond it came horrible wailing noises and other loud sounds that Lancelot could not identify. The room was lit. He couldn't quite work out how. The noises and light made Lancelot feel the whole room was spinning and he had to hold on to the wall to get to the other end of the room, where there was another door, guarded by two copper knights. Each held a steel sword, which they constantly whirled about. There was no way to enter the room beyond without being hit. Lancelot, summoning up all his courage, held his shield in front of him and leapt through. He received a wound in his shoulder, but managed to get into the room. In the room was a large well. The well was black and terrible, and all of the noises that Lancelot had heard seemed to be coming from it. Behind the well was a man whose head was as black as ink, and whose eyes and teeth glowed like burning coals. Thinking quickly, Lancelot put his sword in its sheath and held his shield in front of him. He threw the shield over the edge of the well at the man and then leapt after it. The shield shattered, and the man hardly moved, but Lancelot was soon upon him. He put his hands around the man's neck and squeezed as hard as he could. As soon as the man began to lose consciousness, Lancelot picked him up 
and threw him in the well. In front of him was a copper woman, and she was holding two keys, one large and one small. Lancelot took them. In the middle of the chamber was a copper pillar with a keyhole in it. The large key fitted perfectly, and Lancelot turned it in the lock. Inside was a chest with a keyhole the size of the small key. Thirty copper tubes stuck out from the chest, each blaring out the sound of hideous wailing. Lancelot put the key in the lock and turned. When he opened the chest, Lancelot thought his days were over. A great whirlwind blasted out, along with the noises that Lancelot thought must belong to all the devils of hell. He passed out. When he woke up, everything was different. The copper pillar, copper lady and copper knights were shattered. The well had disappeared. What was most noticeable, though, was the silence. The awful noises had stopped. Lancelot grabbed the keys and walked out of the underground chambers. When he emerged into the castle, everything was different. The people, for so long miserable, were happy. The tombs in the cemetery were gone. The curse had been lifted. From that day on, the castle was his. It was no longer a sorrowful place, so Lancelot changed its name from Dolorous Guard. And what did he call it? Joyous Guard, of course. Next week, we will continue to follow Lancelot of the Lake as he finds more adventure. Until then, have a great week, and I'll speak to you next time.